Hello and welcome to Red Shirts, a podcast about Star Trek. I'm your host, Jake Donaldson, and I'm joined as ever by my co-hosts, Maddie, Multiple Techniques Church House, and Nathan, a broad variety of pleasuring Thomas. <laughs> Without further ado, let's engage. Episode 69. 69! 69! 69! <laughs> it's episode 69, everyone. And to celebrate episode 69, we're doing the sexiest Star Trek episode in the world, which is also a rip-off of another episode. <laughs> which, if I'd thought about it, we would have done instead. But <laughs> no, this one's definitely No, sexier. this one's better in the sexiness state. Yeah, the other one so. involves... Well, actually, that's a lie, because the naked time involves topless Sulu, and there's nothing that could possibly be sexier than Sulu with his top off, yelling, on guard, as he runs through the Enterprise holding a fencing sword. However, having said that, this is also quite sexy. Debatably. Debatably quite sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you haven't already worked out, listeners, we're looking at The Naked Now from season one of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I think is the first episode after the pilot episode. So I can't believe they just were like, oh, we're going to have the pilot and then we're going to go straight in there. We're going to go straight in, (laughs) objectifying all of our female characters just to make sure that we've locked in the fan base (laughs) and they're going to keep watching for us the whole season. Well, I have some thoughts about this being the second episode and (laughs) it's an episode I can remember watching as a child but never watched again. Yeah. So it was very interesting to watch. Well, before we get too far into it, Nathan, would you like to go... I know we're jumping straight in, but I think we'll have a lot to say. So, Nathan, do you want to go through the plot of The Naked Now, please? I'd love to. All right, so, the Enterprise is en route to meet a science ship which has sent a series of strange messages. Data has it gets a very sexual message from the research ship, then a huge <laughs> explosion rocks it, and the crew accelerate to investigate. The away team find the research vessel a mess. It seems that the emergency hatch was blown open and blown out into space, as Data is keen to correct Riker. Tasha reports that a bunch of people are frozen, having apparently been hit by someone fucking with environmental controls. Geordie sees (laughs) naked frozen people. He also catches a clothed frozen person from a shower. After the titles, Picard is analysing the records and sensor logs from the ship, but Dogs Crusher cannot find a theory that is conclusive. Guard orders the awaiting back with a full decontamination and observation. Dogs Crusher examines Data and Geordie, apparently both normal, although Geordie gets a little angry and he is sweating and behaving strangely. Dogs Crusher confines LaForge to sickbay while she examines him. Uh, Riker and Data research comparative cases for a while. Riker has a feeling this has happened before. But in sickbay, Geordie wakes up and just wanders out so that confinement works real well. Um, he abandons his communicator too, security is called, meanwhile in Wesley's quarters, he is demonstrating to Geordie a tractor beam. He also has a voice modulator to copy Picard's voice. Geordie suddenly feels unwell, as though it's too hot. Tasha finds Geordie and immediately begins to outline his lusty thoughts and his desire to see human forms, not just in the EM spectrum. Tasha manages to get Geordie to come to sickbay. Dr. Crusher still can't explain this, though. Troy suggests that all her senses show is a state similar to intoxication, but Crusher cannot see anything on her tests. 
Data and Riker are searching for the history of the ship Enterprise to find the answer. Similar conditions in which USS Enterprise NCC-1701 Constitution class with James T. Kirk commanding as early Star Trek uh, Next Generation likes to outline randomly <laughs> um, was watching a collapsing planet. Rather than a star, some huge gravity shift called poly- caused polywater intoxication. Picard confidently assures the good doctor that there is a cure on its way to her medical database. Troy finds Tasha giggling in her quarters. Tasha wants fashion advice on Troy. Troy contacts Picard, believing Tasha has been infected. Picard decides to not explain drug-based metaphors to Data. Wes calls his mum over. He is being a little bit excitable, and Dr. Crusher sends him to his quarters. Uh, you could be stunting my emotional growth, mum. <laughs> um, later, Tasha is doing sexy shit. walking around the ship and starts snogging a random ensign. Yeah. Um, Picard asks about the status uh, of the data from the research vessel, then contacts engineering, demands his chief engineer and assistant engineers report to the bridge and medical, respectively. Turns out this is just voice modulation, and as Picard is confusedly asked why his chief engineer is here, Wesley has... Picard's voice announced that he's handed over command to acting Captain Wesley Crusher. (laughs) Wesley is announcing his random proclamations from behind a force field he set up through his tractor beam. Picard sends Riker down to get the boy out of engineering. There are strange orders throughout the ship. Wolf reports an incident in training, and Data says that there was a limerick that was delivered from Shuttle Bay. There was a young woman from Venus whose body was shaped like a... That's enough, Mr. Data. (laughs) (laughs) Tasha is having sex, so Picard can't get anything done from her, so he has Data to take Tasha to sickbay. Data finds her giggling and in a midriff-bearing outfit. Data suggests that she should get into uniform, but she got out of uniform for him. She talks about rape gangs and otherwise miserable upbringings that really brings the tone of this weirdness down. (laughs) Um, She wants gentleness and joy from Data right now. Data is fully functional, he is programmed in multiple techniques, a broad variety of pleasuring, and indeed is anatomically correct. <laughs> Tasha decides to find out the extent of his fully functioning nature. Um, meanwhile, uh, Riker reports the assistant chief engineer has pulled out the isolinear chips and disabled the engines. The tractor beam force field prevents them from fixing it, so the chief engineer gets on with shorting the power. Troy approaches Riker and starts grabbing him and flirting about telepathic se- uh, sex. Riker, ever the person not to exploit a drunk woman, takes her to sickbay. <laughs> Dr. Crusher synthesizes a cure and tries to cure Geordi with it. Riker uh, brings in the counselor and Dr. Crusher explains the formula from the Enterprise doesn't seem to be working. Dr. Crusher realizes that Riker is infected and infected her. Nonetheless, he rushes up towards engineering because it won't matter if the ship's destroyed. Captain tries to reason with the giggling drunk Wesley. The two argue about who controls vessels, and Picard's reasoning is not brilliant. Um, uh, Riker and, engineer- and the engineering chief try- are trying to cut the force field power. The star is collapsing, and Dr. Crusher is trying to work while drunk. A tractor beam locks onto the research vessel, and while that is happening, Data fucking swaggers off the Picard <laughs> cannot understand why this has happened. Data says, we are more alike. Than we are unlike Captain. <laughs> uh, Dr. Crusher appears, data falls over, Dr. Crusher is infected, he's trying to explain the situation to the captain while being horny for him. <laughs> Jean Luc dodges her attempts to kiss him, and she starts to take off her clothes. Wolf, Wolf looks at her boobs, then reports the situation to Riker. And the ship may. Uh, uh, goes to red alert. The debris is heading for Enterprise. Wolf, tri- uh, Wolf tries to do all the bridge positions at once, but controls are still offline. The chief engineer breaks down the force field, but the control trips are out. 14 minutes to do a two-hour job. Data can do it faster. 
Riker grabs drunk Data, takes him down to engineering. Wesley suggests it's a game. How fast can you do it? Data does pretty good. Riker and Wesley watch the material creep close. Data announces this will take slightly more time than we have, sir. Uh, <laughs> Riker realizes he is in fact infected. Picard skips down to sickbay and the two start flirting. Um, that is Picard and Crusher, uh, not Picard and Riker. Uh, uh, Picard gets Crusher to focus on testing a cure. Wesley gets an idea. He acts like an asshole genius. <laughs> Dr. Crush's new cure works, and she gets herself, Picard, and Geordie. Picard runs down to engineering to help. Wesley uses the repulsor beam to push the research ship into the path of the debris and push the Enterprise out of the way, buying extra time. Data restores power to the engine, the ship blasts clear. Everyone resumes normal ship's functioning, but Tasha goes over to Data and tells him, It never happened. <laughs> Picard reckons his crew is good. On to the next job. Thank you, Nathan. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I I'm I was I was rewatching this episode today and all the way through it I was like, This is mad, this is ridiculous. Surely this is like some mid season episode from and, and then I looked and then it's the first episode of TNG. Like after the pilot. Like, this is what they thought was the good way of introducing this new series to the planet. And like it's such an odd choice. Like and also, as I was watching it, I was sat there thinking, I don't think Maddie's seen this before, and I imagine it's it's shot immediately to a number one position in TNG episodes. <laughs> um, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, I certainly enjoyed it. I certainly had a lot of laughs. That is def- That can definitely be said. Yeah, it's not a good episode. Um, <laughs> like, I, I found it... The, the evaluation, because when I was doing some research that I liked about, um, about this episode and where it places in the whole was from um, FOTS Frakes, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Frakes. Because um, he said in an interview that um, while he thinks the quality improves and there were some big misses and he specifically calls out both this episode and The Skin of Evil, which is the one where Tasha dies which mm-hmm. is notoriously a very bad death um, as the season's misses um, he said, you know, later on we never did anything as wild as that episode where everyone got horny and took their clothes off <laughs> like, you know, he's like we, we there is it's interesting how experimental they were prepared to be with a new show. Mm-hmm. And he was he was talking about this in, in a long retrospect. Um, and he was saying, you know, the implication being, we weren't towards the end when it was an established show. And nowadays, many TV's execs, not just on Star Trek, but in general, wouldn't be that experimental with a new show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think perhaps that is getting less true now streaming exists. Because I think, you know, Obviously, Netflix sometimes, because of how that model works, they can greenlight a hundred show and see what hundred shows and see see what sticks. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a, it's easier for a, a show to find a, a specific audience now that you can choose what to stream rather than in the old days where it had to try and appeal to as many people who might be watching the telly at that particular time. Uh, you know, it, it, but it is a good point though. Like. It, it, I think it is a, a risk that they took, which is kind of sort of what you want from Star Trek, I suppose. But but it is it's an odd risk to take in the first episode. At least like maybe make this episode two or three or something. But like 
So like episode f- six, maybe. But in episode five, they all they go to the sex planet. So yeah. what was going on? Were they like, <laughs> were they really worried that Star Trek just wasn't sexy enough? And everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, Star Trek, that nerd loser show. So they're like, quick, make it sexy. Just make everything's about fucking. Every <laughs> sex, horny, yeah, yeah. Like, is that what Rick Berman was doing? Do you think that they... Well, they... they were very worried about it. Like, there wasn't a lot of confidence in season one. Like, Really? Hmm. Yeah, no, that, like, the, there's... Mm, uh, soon we're gonna, both soon in, in our time and in the listeners' time, we're gonna talk about um, Best of Both Worlds in season three. Mm-hmm. And that was really the point at which the... Star Trek went from the verge of being completely cancelled again to oh, wow. having another renaissance because TNG wasn't was doing okay but not doing brilliantly despite some really fantastic episodes and uh, Star Trek The Final Frontier the film had just gone and that wasn't a particularly great film mm. yeah um, so there was kind of a um, by you know there was because TNG and the TOS films were kind of coming together at this point. There was a not there wasn't as much room for TNG to shine, so there was always a bit of an anxiety, which is why I think in some ways this is really risky. In some ways it's very safe because it's a rehash of a TOS episode. Yeah. Yes, good point. But yeah. uh, that's an interesting point as well though, like because they've they were always gonna run the criticism of like, oh well, are, is this just a reboot of TOS? Are you just going to use the same storylines over and over again? And like, is it just, is it not actually going to be anything different? And I think it's okay to do a, a sort of sequel or a reboot of an episode from TOS at some point in the series, but to to jump out their gates and have your first proper episode be a, a, a sort of, it's not a reboot because it is different, but like a similar kind of thing to uh, to TOS. It's a bit much. Yeah. Like, it is a bit much. (laughs) Another, like, thought I had is, if this came 10 or 15 episodes later in the season, Mm -hmm. it would be probably... Like, I still don't think that would make it good, but it would be better. Because the other problem this episode has is that two episodes, or three, if you count, you know, Encounter at Farpoint as a Mm two-parter, in is a little early to be doing everyone acts out of character. Yeah, Because I watch it now and I'm like, oh, that's kind of out of character and weird for each person. <laughs> but if I if it's the first time I'm seeing these characters, and we're still also in the early TNG phase of having too many characters doing too many things. Yes. Because you've got, you know, Tasha and Worf and Geordi and Wesley and <laughs> and that random chief engineer. McDougal. Uh, <laughs> chief McDougal. Yeah, who, who um, by the way is never seen again. So, <laughs> yeah. I have a theory. This is my headcanon that she was executed as a result of failing <laughs> to control the engineering department in this episode. <laughs> Her and the guy that was stacking chips as a Jenga tower. Yeah, do you think that's what happened to them? They I were think just they killed were, off. Yeah, they they were uh, they were sucked out of a um, of an airlock. an airlock. Sorry, they were blown out of an airlock. Blew out of an airlock. Yeah. Blown? Uh, Blue. Which one is the one that thingy data it, says is wrong? Blew out. Sorry, data. <laughs> we apologise. I agree, Nathan, because the thing with this episode is it's very funny, like, if you are very familiar with those characters to yeah. see them doing silly things. Because you're like, ah, oh, ha, ha, ha. Look how hilarious that data is now just 
totally not being an android. But if you've only ever seen him be an android for half an hour, how are you supposed to know <laughs> that that's not how he's supposed to be all the time? Yeah. But you could just turn this on and be like, well, of course Bev is just like so horny that she constantly is trying to strip in the med bay. Of course well, Geordie just goes around sweating everywhere. And of course <laughs> Wesley's a little shit. I mean, that is canonically yeah. established. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's no, there's nothing to tell you that this is somehow a deviation from the norm. I think this episode structuring is very mm. odd. I, I want to know what the thoughts behind <laughs> what's, that. Are. I what's the episode immediately after this? Like, oh, it's it the racist next? one. Yeah, it's the racist one with. The... Oh, it's the racist one. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So they really started on a high. <laughs> Which which we might do. I don't know. Like, no, let's not. I, <laughs> let, let's just not. We've got better things to do with our lives. And then heaven, <sighs> which isn't good. Wow. So I'm just wondering how long it takes. Because I think a counter at far point is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, TNG came out of the gate and was like, we're going to throw all of our worst episodes at <laughs> audiences who were sceptical about the introduction of a new Star Trek series. Where no one has gone before, which is episode six, is an... Um, Oh, the fifth episode. Sorry, um, isn't is is average. Yeah, I'll tell you what is a good episode. Um, so what is a good episode? My bad. I'll tell you what I really like about this episode. What yeah. I think is good in this episode. Um, I know that obviously Marina Circus is a very beautiful woman. But Mar- <laughs> Marina Circus. Marina Sir, what did it? What was her real name? Certis, but the Marina way you said it Sir- made it sound like yeah, she was like a clown who cycles around everywhere on a unicycle. <laughs> Marina Circus. Oh yeah, Marina Circus. Like close relation <laughs> to Andy Circus. <laughs> Gollum on a unicycle yeah. is like she's stunning, but in this episode, holy fucking shit! Like on a scale of one to banging, she was yeah. about a twelve. She is. I mean. She's just, like, so beyond gorgeous. Like, she looks like a Greek goddess come to life. Yeah, it's... Her hair is all done up in that sort of cornucopia with, mm. like, beads and shit. And she's wearing this, like, <laughs> exceptionally flattering jumpsuit that just makes me think all Star Trek uniforms should look like this. Because well, she just looks so hot. Like, that's the first time you see so her in hot. that, in that uh, grey, dark, sort of casual uniform thing. It's uh, amazing. She... Why did they take her out of it? Well, she Absolutely... wears it for the rest of season and one i think um Good. and then yeah they there's there's actually a plot point later on in in another series where some like starfleet person comes onto the enterprise and kicks off it's, about the fact that she's not it's wearing the a full lights episode Outrageous. it's when captain jellico yes it's when captain jellico takes over yeah Outrageous. he comes in and goes like oh you wear a proper uniform please and then she wears a a blue uh, science uniform for the rest of the, the of the show but yeah she looks much better in this I feel like everyone just let her get away with it because they're all sort of low key male gays anyway. And <laughs> like low key <laughs> I love Worf I love I guess like the, the Worf looking at uh Dr. Crush's boobs thing. Yeah. It, just, it was just yeah. too good for me to leave out. Because Je- if you watch the shot, he like they come out of the wedding room. Crush's like zipped out her top in her attempted seduction of the car, yeah. which he's he's gallantly resisted. And then she's like puts it up, but she's like turned in a way, and Wolf just kind of like looks round, just being like, uh, uh. and like the, 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 and then when like Wolf like calls Riker and is like the captain may have been infected, it's meant to be like, uh, oh, that's what I was looking at, but it just comes across as imperfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. 
And like, we could go on for a very long time about all of the ways in which this episode is actually quite sexist. But the one that I really want to highlight is how this is supposed to be a drug or a virus that makes you feel intoxicated. Why is that that just all of the men go weird, but okay. all of the women become like wildly horny? Well, I like, have an answer. Desperately, for you. desperately horny. What? <laughs> like, that's just. Like, fuck you, whoever wrote that episode, and that's the way that they think gender relations work. That well, women only express... Well, the writer took her name off it. Yeah, this is what I was about to say. So it was written by a woman, right? Um, and then... Well, she's a was, bad feminist and she's cancelled. Well, no, she's not. She's a good feminist because she, she wrote it and it didn't have as much of these weird sexy moments in it. But then um, Gene Roddenberry went through this phase of wanting to have a final review of every script where everything oh, would God. be rewritten by Roddenberry at one point. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and so he added him and a couple of other people who were involved in the, the writing, like a staff writer as well, um, did the final re- re-edits on the script and added in these sexy scenes. And the original writer, um, whose name I can't remember, uh, but she basically said, like, I don't, th- she put strongly worded notes on the um, on the script saying, I don't think that this is correct. I don't want this in my show, all that kind of thing. Good and then they ba- they basically went, nah, fuck off. And then, so she said, all right, well, I'm having my, my name taken off the, the the show then. So now it's got a, a pseudonym for her wow. in the credits because they wanted to add these sexy bits that she didn't think were uh, like in keeping with the characters or, oh my God. or with what she wanted to see. So th- there is a reason why it's slightly more uh, sexist than you would expect for a show written by a woman. Wow. Good for her. That like takes some guts to be like, you yeah. know what, actually, fuck you. I'm going to have my name deleted from this actually quite, you know, I guess at the time she didn't know it was going to be successful, but like that's, she stuck to her guns. Good for her. She's uncancelled. Gene <laughs> you're cancelled. And Rick Berman, I know it was you. Don't try to Oh yeah, it was it. obviously you Rick Berman, wasn't it? slimy penis of a man. <laughs> I think uh, Rick Berman it was involved in that limerick somehow. It was like there was a w- woman from Venus <laughs> whose, whose body was shaped, body was shaped like, like, like Rick Berman. <laughs> she doesn't exist, but Rick Berman wanks off to her image every night. <laughs> doesn't rhyme <laughs> <laughs> um the uh the the another little background thing that i was going to mention about the um because this ties into what maddie was saying earlier about how if you were to watch this episode when it first went out it doesn't you don't have an idea of who the characters are yet so it doesn't yeah. make sense to see them acting out of character because you don't know what what is and isn't character um but the this episode is or the script from this episode is what uh gates mcfadden was given as her um audition piece for for the show so when she read it she thought that uh bev crusher was going to be like a comic character she thought oh no she was like oh bev crusher is going to be this hilarious character in the series uh and then yeah it, it obviously didn't go that way <laughs> and i feel really bad for her that she didn't get to play this like because she's a really good comic actor and like she, she'd done mostly sort of comedy on stage and stuff like that before and i, I would have loved to oh, see right. more because i think she's really funny in this as well playing sort of drunk bev and and drunk picard is my favorite picard so far that we've seen oh as yeah well, definitely with I his mean, little funny talk- laugh <laughs> he is he is and let's talk about bev for a minute right because yeah. 
I can say without a shadow of a doubt that this is the best bit of episodes I've seen, hands down. What, this is better than Sub Rosa? Better than Sub Rosa, <laughs> my arse! This this is the episode that has made me a fan of Bev, right? Oh, because okay. she unquestionably is the hero of this episode. This yeah. woman, oh, yeah. she synthesizes like a cure to this deranged virus that has infected everyone in the ship within less than an hour whilst they're about to be hit by an asteroid, yeah. whilst also so drunk and horny that she's trying to take her clothes off and basically masturbate while she's also trying to synthesize <laughs> the cure. That I takes love, skill. I love the Riker, Riker, Crusher, and Picard. I love all of their like professionalism despite infections. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. In, in this, like, because, like, you know, like I rate Picard on the bridge before he's infected, where he's just like, all of the heads of security get to the bridge now. <laughs> it's like, and then like someone else leaves the bridge and he goes, "Where are you going?" <laughs> yeah, yes. This random ensign just gets up and walks off, and he's like, "Where the fuck are you going, you dick?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Riker looks so done the whole episode. I don't know how he holds it in, but Riker, yeah. Riker doesn't give in, and it just makes me think that this proves that Riker is an absolute miserable bastard at parties <laughs> and is no fun because everyone else when they're drunk is like having a grand old time but Riker when he's drunk apparently just sits with his head in his hands going we only have 14 minutes yeah. he's like the guy from that meme you know like the black and white meme where the people are like snogging at a party and then like the guy with the sad face is wearing a party hat yeah. is standing in the corner going nobody knows about <laughs> blah 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 that's Riker yeah nobody R- knows about the asteroid hurtling towards our ship yeah Riker's definitely the guy at the party who turns up wearing a black turtleneck and like <laughs> writes poetry and tries to get people to read it and yes, and yes. i say that being the person who was like that when he was 18 and oh. we, we've been through my old pro- facebook profile pictures and you know exactly that i was that kind of person yeah we've seen the dark side unfortunately the darkness of donaldson yeah, yeah it was um <laughs> but yeah no you're right like the I would I would like to see a series of TNG, like an entire series where all the characters are drunk for the entire series. Like, because <laughs> yes. I much prefer some of the characters in their drunk form than I do in their normal form. Yeah. Wait. Yes, yeah, Nathan. Wait. Side thought. What would the TNG drinking game be? Oh, that mm. this is a good plan. We should do a TNG drinking game at Christmas, maybe. Um. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. Uh, you know, I don't drink, so I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> you're, you, you're in charge. You, you, uh, you, oh, I like this role already. Yeah, carry you're on. The ref- <laughs> carry you're on the, the referee fish. of drinking, right? And you, but there would be well, one of the rules would be you've got to um, you've got to down your drink if uh, Riker sits on a chair backwards or oh, like, yeah, brings his leg over yeah. a chair. That would be good. Um, <clears throat> a drink every time you see the card maneuver. Yeah. What's the Picard maneuver? Ah, well, so the Picard maneuver in the series is a specific ship maneuver that Picard like Loves. famously did to get his. Well, he did it. He he did it to get his last ship out of a clutch situation. Oh, it's like situation. a Kobayashi Maru. His his. Uh, his yeah. Well, thing. so what he did is go to low warp so that there's an after image of his ship on the enemy sensor. So they shoot yeah. at that, then he gets behind and shoots at them. But Ooh. what it is in the fandom is every time Picard sits up, I'm going to do it. 
is he pulls his shirt down yeah, like this. Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does. So it's like, ah. Oh. And it's only, it's for some reason, there's only pea stew that does it. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, down you I drink. was going to say, yeah, and every time that Troy shit at her job, because then yeah. he would just, like, drink every episode. Except <laughs> for this episode. Yeah. Because Troy actually was good at her job. She actually sensed all of the weird shit going well, on on the ship and this sensed is my what head was going cannon. wrong. This is my headcanon. She is better at her job when drunk. So I think... <laughs> I think she's like, yeah, either she's just a better counselor when she's drunk, or Beta Z people are better empaths when they're drunk. Like, they're, they're better at being psychic with alcohol yeah. in their system. Yeah, totally. I'm, yeah, I can totally believe that. The, uh, it I, was kind of romantic. It was a kind of a little bit romantic. When Riker like sweeps her up into his arms well, and, and carries her down to the she bay. says, "Don't you? Wouldn't you rather be alone with me? With me in your mind?" <laughs> and he's so yeah, I know. And he's so and he's just so gentlemanly. He's like, "No, I must take you for the med bay." I, he's much. Uh, I think he's much more sort of um, charming before he grows the beard. I think the beard sort of ruins it ages him a, bit. him a lot. It makes him look a lot older. I think the beard. Yeah, Ta- talking about. Um, boundaries and people not respecting them and <laughs> possible sexual harassment. Can we talk about when when Tasha Yar just sexually harasses an ensign in a, in, in a corridor? Um, just... He gave her the sexy eyes. He totally Right, sexy it. eyes that is, is not, not consent. <laughs> consent, buddy. There is no informed consent in that scenario. She just walks up to him. She should know. She spent ten years running away from rape gangs. Oh God, what the fuck was that about? Why? Oh, you... Tasha Yar's got this really dark, horrible backstory that never works whenever they come up. Buddy, yeah. why can they not give her a break? Like, as a woman, I take it really fucking personally that they killed her off. You only have three women on this goddamn ship, and one of them can't <laughs> even do her job. So, like, and the other one is down in the med bay half the time, so we never see her. And you're just going to kill off the other woman? Just for shock value? Fuck you, Star Trek. No, they ki- they ki- they killed her off because she didn't want to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because they because they kept oh. using her in scenarios like this. Yeah, yeah because they because they kept ex- fucking her around. Because they're exploiting her because she's supposed to be the chief of security, but every Tasha Yar episode I've seen or read about so far seems to involve, oh, let's put let's put the you know, female chief security officer in a situation where she's undermined and then it's all about, like, her femininity or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, but then they bring her back in that episode when she's not Tasha Yar, you know, that one that we looked at recently where I didn't realise it was her for ages. Oh, yeah, because they just say that, oh, well, you know, in this universe you spent your whole life running away from rape gangs, then you got sexually harassed for ten years when you were supposed to be at the peak of your career, then you got randomly killed, but in this other parallel universe you got kidnapped and raped by a Romulan for ten <laughs> years after, and then also got murdered by said Romulan when you tried to run away. Yeah, I think Tasha Yar should have come back at the end of TNG as, like, the big baddie and, like, killed them all for... <laughs> like revenge. I mean, she does come back in the finale, but like she would it... deserve it. She would deserve it. Um, I've put a big, a big heart. <laughs> this might be controversial. Oh, next God. to acting Captain Wesley. Oh no! It's, <laughs> it, no. Sorry, you're fired from the podcast. I, <laughs> I honestly, I, I've never laughed so hard. In quite a while, as I laughed when Wesley just made himself the acting. He's funny when he's doing that. It's when it's when he's like 
solving the whole ship's problem and doesn't get into trouble for anything he does in this episode. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. Because this was a funny <clears> thing. I was always like, I don't remember why Wesley's so bad. Because I remember him as later Wesley where he's much quieter. Mm-hmm. Or the, the episodes like this where he's a young, annoying teenager. I was watching as a fairly young child. So I was just like, oh, that's the child like me. Like, yeah. you know, and not really getting, you know, I didn't... I, you just don't have the, like, understanding, I think, mm-hmm. to really see him as irritating. Um, yes, I th- I totally understand why people see him as irritating on the one hand. But on the other hand, I think those people need to just chill out because he's actually a child. And <laughs> one of the number one purposes of children, and teenagers especially, is, guess what, guys? They're fucking irritating. And so were you when you were a child. You have to just view it generously because it's all part of their development. And, and to be fair to Wesley, yes... <laughs> he fucked the entire ship and almost killed everyone. Exactly. He but he did d- it. But he did it whilst <coughs> drunk, like everyone else. Uh, he's this, a well, teenager yeah. whose prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed, and he's and so he's drunk. Imagine if you got a fourteen-year-old drunk. Like fourteen-year-olds, like they don't even know how to shower. They, you know, <laughs> they don't. They can't do basic things. And, and then you make them drunk. Like imagine things just yeah, fall apart. But then, like Look, I, 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 I started drinking when I was about fourteen, right? And I knew not to put an entire ship's worth of people in danger. Like I, <laughs> well, I it's... think if I'd come home after 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 I'd been down the park drinking cider with my mates when I was like fourteen or fifteen, and I told my mum that I'd nearly been responsible for the deaths of about a thousand people, but actually it's okay because I saved the day in the end. I think I'd still get in trouble. <laughs> true, that is true. But but it's not his fault. That's he, that no one is in control. I think the what they're saying in this episode is that maybe this is undercut a little bit by the fact that lots of the adults, what they seem to do is it's like their inhibitions have been removed rather than making mm-hmm. them do something they would never normally do. But for Wesley, like he's a teenager, he has these fantasies about being on the bridge. He has these fantasies about being important and powerful, which is good. He's fourteen; he should be having those kinds of dreams and goals. So it, I, I, I yes, he did yeah. almost kill a whole ship full of people. But, <laughs> but like, go easy on him, guys. He's just a not, kid. It's not Wesley that's irritating. Though. No, it is. It's... It is Wesley that's irritating. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, it's all of the characters. Like, he does something that's vaguely annoying and teenagery. And the only person that, like, responds to him, even like a drunk adult would, was is Picard, who is just clearly irritated. Yeah. Like, he's irritated with the whole situation. He's like, Wesley, listen to me. Just, you know. And I know that doesn't work. I'm not expecting it to work in the program. Mm-hmm. But every other adult, like, it's like, um, it's like, is Mr. Data our saviour? Which is a thing they wouldn't say in any other episode. And it's just entirely to get the... Um, no, Wesley contributed to this situation yeah. right in there, and it's like, and then there's the like, did he say Wesley? Yes, he said Wesley. In case you didn't hear it, Wesley is responsible yeah. for saving it. Feel, it. That's Wesley did everything. It feels a lot and like it, when a like a team of people at work get the, you know, the, the, they say like, oh, like say if I won a contract at work, and then, yeah. and then they were like, oh, well done to well done to the bids team and then i'd be like oh yeah well you know our admin helped as well the admin didn't do anything to actually help like the admin's <laughs> just part of the team and sent me the bids to work on or whatever but like it feels a bit like that to me like they're going oh yeah no wesley wesley helped as well you know yeah wesley and my head canon is that uh, picard is only sort of 
propagating this pro Wesley helped uh, <laughs> narrative because he still wants to shag. Fuck, he uh, wants to crush her. Yeah, exactly. He wants to bed crush her, and <laughs> and I think that's. I don't think because if you watch right, this is. I've got a lot of head cannons for this episode, right? If you look. In that scene where Bev tries to, uh, like, when she, like, unzips her top and, like, tries she's to... She's so funny in that scene. She's, she, like, she desperately funny. trying to not literally just crawl all over Picard and jump his bones. She's like, <laughs> yeah. I've got to explain to him how this cure works. I've, I've got to explain to him or we're all going to die. But, ah, yeah. ah. It's, a, re- it's like, a really funny so scene good. and they it's both so play good. it really well. Yeah. And um, She's trying so hard, bless her. But if you watch, at no point is there any actual physical contact between the two of them. So I don't think Picard ever did get infected. I think Picard mm. just genuinely behaves like that and it's like oh i've got i'm I'm all horny for bev crusher and like and i think he just remains like that afterwards and he's trying to get in her pants and that's why he uh he's like oh yeah her son was partly responsible for this as well yeah we'll say that in the same way that like i used to tell my ex-girlfriend that i enjoyed some of the things that she made in like when she was doing arts and crafts even though i thought they were shit because i wanted to impress her and and then I thought I might get a blowjob out of it. Like, is it's a weird. Why do you Why must you ruin Picard in this way? No, it's a red. It's a worthy red shirt's head cannon. That me, is exactly the kind of thing we approve of. Me and Picard are very similar in many ways. Uh, yeah, you both go bald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we've both got paws. Uh, if you if you prick me, do I not leak? Not leak. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that, that's Gen- another bit of genu- like a genuine, a genuine thing that I do have in in common with the Picard is that we have the same birthday. So there you go, oh. fuck that guy. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, but you're right though. That there is this weird uh, early season data uh, sort of. I assume this is where you were going, Nathan, about his. Yeah, he's got this weird bio, like, they're not sure how biological, because they always, they make that thing about, he's written up in several biomechanical textbooks, which is not a thing that makes sense with data as he ends up being, yeah. like, well, the thing. There's also, he, he uses a lot of contractions in this episode, in his speech, where he says, like, uh, we're and uh, I'd and things like that, rather than we are and I did and stuff like that, um, which... Later on in Data Law, the episode, they uh, established that he doesn't do that. And that's like a big plot point of how they can tell him apart from his evil brother, because one of them uses contractions and the other one doesn't. But he uses loads in this one. So my other headcanon is that that this isn't Data. In fact, this is actually his evil brother, Law, and we never Ooh, find out about it. And that's why he shagged Tasha Yar. Exactly. like, I'm going to come on the Enterprise. Yeah, and, and that's I'm why Data shag... never brings it up again. Because and I'm going it... to shag this woman. <laughs> well, but Data does bring it up again <laughs> in his trial. <laughs> oh, true. It's a, oh, it's a yeah, plot point that they should... Because this was the thing that I was going to say, because it feels like this episode, with all of its weirdness, would just be the, like, never shall we mention this again. <laughs> just, like, it's not just that it's a it's a odd episode, it's that it it, it, ha- it makes a lot of statements that are just, like, in later DNG, they just, like, <laughs> brush yeah. under the carpet and are, like, aren't true anymore. But they frequently mentioned that, that Tasha and Data fuck in Eric. <laughs> And, like, you know, the star date that he gives the Borg Queen in First Contact is, to the star date, this 
star date in this episode. Oh, that's it. That's she, he's literally Aww. only had sex one time. Oh, which Someone... which means well, it's the last time Someone that she asked him. But that also her. means he doesn't shag his girlfriend in. Oh uh, yeah, shit. In that episode where he gets. His, yeah, well, yeah, I but we've already that established vibe, that. Yeah, we've already yeah. established that in previous Red Shirts headcanon that he doesn't have sex with her. He just detaches his robot penis <laughs> and <laughs> gives it to her to go and sort herself out with. <laughs> oh, look! I don't understand why more people haven't tried to have sex with Data. Like he's quite yeah. attractive. I don't understand this. And I think quite a lot of people do try. He just he's just not interested. Really respond. He's just like, um, no. yeah. Well, speaking of obviously data having sex, let's talk about the the most infamous scene of yes. this episode, the one that we're all here for. The one, the one yeah. where Tasha Yar has a hair done like Dean Kane in The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah, what, I'm sorry, but what was going? I'm sorry, but the outfit that she was. I mean, I just can't. Like, I'm, she I'm is looking such at a picture a of it person. now. She's stunning, yeah. and then they're like, "It's the '80s. We're going to put her in a futuristic outfit." And I'm like, "What? Why is she wearing a carpet? <laughs> but, but like with a she hole does. cut out of the middle." Yeah, it's like an entire. It, it, she's sort of like wearing a, a full. Like kind of crushed velvet top, that kind of it, it's with massive underboob. Under so, boob like to be thing. honest, big like summer twenty twenty one shine energy. Yeah, but, but what? But then just her her midriff is completely exposed, and then then she's got stuff on the bottom half as well. So, yeah, like so Paris like... Hilton in two thousand and two. Like the entire <laughs> all her pelvic bones are completely exposed, and it go down. It goes down in a V that like barely would cover the top of her pubes. I mean, it's just it, it just is not flattering at all. It's it completely look, unflattering. Yeah. It looks like she's about to go into surgery on her abdo- on her <laughs> abdomen. Like they've yes. covered her up and they've just left the bit open so that they could get in and sort out her innards and stuff. <laughs> like a surgical gown worn the wrong way round. Yeah, That's exactly. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Honestly. And they've done like her hair. They were probably thought like, oh, she's like uninhibited now. So like, rawr, the raunchy, sexy side of her has come out. So she has what is actually kind of like quite a lesbian hairdo going on where she's like got a lot of hair well there's quite strong lesbian vibes between Troy and her when she's asking yeah Yeah. to be honest I would have preferred to see that but we all know that Rick Berman would have just made that homophobic but like it doesn't go with the rest of the outfit you know I'm not don't want to be one to criticize people's personal style choices but that hair like if she'd come out wearing like a leather jacket and she'd had that hair I would have been like Oh, yes. But she came out wearing, yeah, like Paris Hilton gets lost on the way to the Met Gala and ends up in an operating theatre in 2002. (laughs) Like, she's wearing that and then that biker chick hairdo. Fantasy bondage erotica. That was the, like, you know, like the the fake, like, um, Arab harem style of, like, bad sex (sighs) erotica. Yeah, and the, the hair, if you've not seen it, listeners, is sort of like slicked back like Brillo cream with a little curl at the front that's stuck yeah, down to her cowlick, forehead. A little like cowlick like Superman. Yeah. Um and then yeah, and lots of hair gel. It's like a very gay hairdo. Yeah. And it just wildly does not match <laughs> and it's sort of, her harem outfit. Well it, and it reminds me of that episode that uh that comes later in the series where they go down to the planet that's run by um that's run by women and men are like the second class citizens on the planet. And then Riker becomes like the favorite of the queen and 
like he gets sort of turned into this kind of sex guy uh, and they put him Excellent. in this weird purple kind of really short kimono thing yeah. and it looked I just I just googled Riker sexy outfit so that I could find it it's the first image yeah it, it's, it looks terrible I mean it, it's but that it's sort of in yeah. a similar vibe to I this. like TNG, TNG oh I love it it's, do you mean <laughs> oh. like it's like the blue thing with the like yeah. oh, he yeah. looks so bangable <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love this outfit. And he's got like an ear cuff. No, this is great. Like, Riker should wear that all of the time. Is is that, I can't remember, is it pre-beard or is it... Uh... It's pre-beard, so he looks a little bit, like he's bearing a passing resemblance to late 90s Brendan Fraser in this outfit. And it's looking <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> can we uh, talk about Picard as uh, as a drunk, sexy, horny man? for a little bit because yeah. he, he didn't know what to do with himself <laughs> these are my favorite bits in this episode is because picard trying to and, and peace Stew trying to act it in a way where because i think he, he couldn't really work out what he was meant to be doing you can tell i feel like he could do it much better even a few seasons in but definitely now like you know because like for, for, like, more Picard in silly situation, be, like, it's Picard being silly. Yes. Um, look at uh, Picard uh, season one, where he's the, like, French, like, evil criminal. Yeah, yeah, which like, is great. Ah! <laughs> like, yeah. Do but, I look uh, appropriately sinister? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, my favourite bit is the bit where, in that scene, where... Uh, Crusher is coming onto him, where he oh, does this Crusher. weird little throat clear thing, and where he's <clears> like, <throat> he goes like, uh, "Doctor, there must be a cure, some formula <laughs> similar to the old one," and it, like it's just like <laughs> such a weird like bad I acting know. moment and from Peace <laughs> and he holds himself so stiffly. He's like staring sort of at a vague indeterminate place somewhere between yeah. the shoulder blades and holding his shoulders in this really like stiff posture so because he's obviously trying to you know like suppress a boner but <laughs> it's just so awkward he's very it's very it's very funny because if he was acting like that i would not be turned on at all yeah <laughs> I, I also like the bit uh when when she's got the um the final uh Hypo spray made up with the antidote on it, and but they're both still a bit drunk, uh, like because it hasn't quite worn off yet. Oh yeah! And, and she she gives him the hypo spray, and, she, and she's like, uh, "Here, take this to engineering. I'll make hypos for the others." And then he goes like this little, he does like a little cheeky smile, and he goes, "Okay." Bev, and then he and then he like goes out like he's being all cheeky, and I was like, yes, Picard, yes. And then she gives him a little jaunty, sexy wave as she leaves to go into the turbo lift. Yeah, it's he does the little wonderful. the little jaunty wave is really oh, funny. So I love it. Cute. I like... they, their scene that was the best scene in the whole episode. I think. It, oh yeah, definitely. Were, she Bev was great in this. I no, best scene in the whole episode is just before that when Data leads us. <laughs> <on the spot>. <laughs> <laughs> he does like a proper Fred. pratfall onto the floor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but he first he does the sexy lean. He does it. He comes in and he just like jams his hip into the door frame and swings <laughs> one leg over like, "Hello, ladies." So good. And, and, <sighs> and like immediately on seeing it, Picard uh, is like, "Mr. Data, you, you are not." And, and and like Picard can't say it on TNG, but you clearly know he wants to go, "Mr. Data, 
what in the fuck? <laughs> I love the way that Picard is just moments away from absolutely losing his fucking mind for the whole sort of first 40 minutes of the episode yeah. before he too becomes drunk. You know, where like when the ensign leaves and he's like, where the fuck are you going? And he's like, Wesley, Wesley! Like he's so... He's so enraged. And then when Data comes back, you just see an expression in his eyes where he's like, you know what? I can't even be bothered to deal with this right now. Yeah. I, can't, I can't even take this anymore. And Data's just like sort of swaggering up to him, doing his little mosey, like crossing his legs over yeah. like a runway model. And Picard is just like, give me fucking strength. Yeah, because Picard does that bit where he goes, ah, good, Data, at least you're functioning. And then Data's like, fully, Captain. <laughs> And Picard's like, I'm never going to erase that image from my brain. Yeah, Bleach! Bleach for the eyes! The logical conclusion of Picard in this episode is that Picard meme where he's got his hand out and he's like, the fuck is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's Picard for this whole episode. Oh, if, if, you know, if Q had been in this episode, he would have had the time of his life. He would have done as well, yeah. (laughs) Q, I would, I would like listeners, if, if you're one of the listeners who writes Star Trek fan fiction, can you please write a version of this episode where Q turns up and Picard and Q get it on with each other, and then Bev Crusher gets involved as well. Because I would, or or would would <laughs> is that not an episode of hashtag sexy spaceship? Oh, it would be a good episode of sexy space show. Yeah, there's there, a fantastic. There aren't normally pose. any men in sexy space show, but I might allow Q and Picard in. Q for like, yeah, that's because you're a bad feminist. Yeah, the- <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just a straight man. <laughs> <laughs> Q and um definitely has to turn up in sexy space shirts. Sexy space shirts? Sexy space show. <laughs> he always because... turns up in sexy space shirts. Oh yeah. There's a there's this hilarious Tumblr post of like pick of Q just appearing as a horse on the bridge of the Enterprise <laughs> and being like, Mon Capitan, c'est moi, le clippity cloppity <laughs> <laughs> And then it's just Picard being like, Keska the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you guys, it's wonderful. It's so it makes me laugh. Picard, Picard, um, like uh, he, because he, he, they get away with having him swear in French several yeah. times in the series. Like he just meh. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also one point where Data calls, uh, 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 calls like French an outdated language, and Picard is like grumble. <laughs> <laughs> He's like boff. <laughs> Yeah. Which is my favourite French word, by the way, boff. Buff, uh, <laughs> it basically buff, just means. Uh, uh, puff, uh, <laughs> I'm going to Paris in a couple of uh, months' time, and I've been re refreshing my French, and I've just been learning all the phrases for like, the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you um, you know, Data. Speaking of him, I really adored his little handies and how fast they move when he's like yeah. merrily sitting, popping the chips back into the counters, and he's like. <laughs> oh bless him he was just having the time of his life he's like a like when you give a baby just like some blocks to put in a box yeah think it's the coolest shit they've ever seen that's what data was like you can see why he is or, or at least how he's been programmed for multiple uh pleasure <laughs> multiple different pleasurings because you, you can oh see God, the speed yeah. of his hands and how how good he is with them yeah, but he can probably also be extremely precise as well. Yeah. 
he, and, he, he and I bet he has like amazing staying power. He'd never be like, "Oh, my wrist's kind of aching. I need to move position." <laughs> He'd just be like, "Yeah, go, go, go." Building, well, it's because building, he's building. he's powered by Duracell batteries. That's why. Mm, it, yeah. <laughs> the Android's powered by uh, more standard batteries. They give up much more easily. <laughs> um. <laughs> do we have anything else to say about this episode or should we move on to the final yes, questions? I do have some more things to say. Okay. Um, which is that I really didn't like and it really annoyed me. I've already spoken about how everything about Yar in this episode and the way she got treated really annoyed me. But it especially annoyed me how at the end she is really embarrassed about the fact she shagged Data. Mm. Because there's two reasons this annoys me, right? The first reason is because that then makes the previous scene where we as viewers get to watch them having sex actually vi- really voyeuristic and, yeah. a vi- and a violation of her boundaries as a character, which is just so inappropriate when you're talking about a character that's got a history of like being sexually assaulted and having to escape from rape gangs. She's yeah. already had that sexual boundary violated, but now because men are writing the show... They like they think it's kinky and funny and voy- and like ooh fun to sort of watch her be put in a sexually vulnerable pos- position that mm. she then tells us at the end she actually didn't want to be in. Like we could have seen potentially a completely consensual, if bedrunken, sex scene between Troy and Riker, mm-hmm. which could have been really hot and would have been really fun to watch. But instead, we have to watch something that actually. Previ- then after afterwards, the female character says she didn't even want to take part in that. Fuck mm. you, Star Trek writers, you're gross. Like, get in the bin. And the other reason I didn't like it is because why, why is she ashamed of having sex with Data? <laughs> exactly. In- instead of, yeah, instead of having the walk of shame, she should have been doing the stride of pride back onto the <laughs> bridge when she's sort of jumping every time she sees him. I would have been like, oh yeah, I'm the first person to shag Data. The first, but that has got to there's got to be like a Guinness World Record for that, right? Like <laughs> Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, Tasha Yar, first human being to shag an android. Like, come <laughs> on. It's a badge of honor. I agree. I think that it is it, yeah, I think Tash Yar should be walking around with like a badge on that says I fuck data or something like that yeah she, and she should have like a they should have like a party and she gets like a prize and a crown yeah she's yeah like, yeah yeah she's done a service to the world and to the universe yeah and but I can sort of understand why she doesn't want to keep data though uh, because of GDPR <laughs> what the fuck that's the best joke I've ever done on this show <laughs> <laughs> and it'll only be relevant to listeners in the UK and the European Union. <laughs> no one else will care. <laughs> it's just a very nerdy joke about <laughs> about data legislation. Data but... protection. <laughs> I bet data didn't use any data protection. <laughs> yes. Stop. Have you agreed to use data protection? <laughs> yeah, do you think before she had sex with him, she had to accept cookies? <laughs> I would love it. If Data was offering me cookies before he <laughs> went down on me, I'd be right there. Like, Tashia, I consent. Data, I consent. European <laughs> Union, I don't. <laughs> so, presumably, if Tasha was really bothered about him not remembering it and not ever mentioning it to anyone, she could just delete browsing history. Yeah. <laughs> but she accepted those cookies, so unfortunately... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, legal forever. loophole, Tasha. Um, yeah. 
Shall we uh, move on to the the final questions before we finish for this? Yes. Week? Right. Okay. <laughs> so that 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 series of puns is just <laughs> agonising. Yeah. Well, um, the first question obviously is. Uh, Wait, he's big data. Now we can. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is big data. Do well, you think we've already had this discussion, haven't we? But I want to have it again. When Carl Noonan, Carl Noonan Singh. What the fuck was his name? <laughs> when, Data, when, Data, when Data's dad made Data, did he like <laughs> model Data's dick off his own dick? Or did he be like, I want people in the future to think that I've got a massive yeah, shot? You'd so think I'm you'd make pick, it bigger, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm going to add like a good like two and a half inches to this. <laughs> well, he's not going to make it small. <laughs> <laughs> what if Data's just like a Ken doll down there? Wouldn't that be so disappointing? But no, he's not. fully... That's what anatomically correct means. Yeah, he's got balls and everything, which seems like a weird thing to add. Data's got a gooch. How strange is that? <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I'm upset that we don't give episode titles to these podcasts. Because like we, because I I think episode sixty nine, date has got a gooch is an excellent title for a podcast episode. So the first important question is obviously the fez question. Who in this episode is most likely to wear a fez slash? Tashi are in that outfit. Oh yeah, <laughs> when absolutely. the doors open and she's just like looking at him like hehehe. Yeah, fez. absolutely. Yeah, that has to be yeah. doesn't it? It has to be Tashi are in the fez. Um, okay. I fine. think acting Captain Wesley would also quite like a fez when yeah. he's saying like, and there shall be a dessert course proceeding and decree. What the fuck is the other following? One? Following every meal, <laughs> and everyone now has to wear a fez. Mandatory. Must wear a fez. <laughs> um. Yeah. What about Shimona? The, is it Shimona, the 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 guy from engineering yes. that's yeah. just making Jenga out of the chips? Yeah. He's loving his life and would also love a Fez. <laughs> I love him. I want, I wish he was in more episodes. Yeah, yeah he should be. I think he was executed along with McDougal for not having <laughs> done his job properly. Shimoda, um, that's it. Yeah, poor Shimoda and poor McDougal. Well, moving on to, who because they might come up here, who in this episode is, this is the Klim question, and Klim is a space Karen, so who in this episode is most likely to speak to the manager? I'm going with McDougal. Because <laughs> she she just has big Karen energy all the way through this anyway, and she's sort of always like, "Well, I, I can't do this. I'll try and do it, but this it'll take hours." And like, I think she, she her attitude towards work is rubbish, and I think that if she isn't executed for not doing her job <laughs> properly, she should have at least been fired for having a really bad attitude at work. No, I completely disagree. Here's why I like her, right? It's not, it's kind of rare to actually just see a normal, like, middle-aged woman in a, in a show just, like, doing her job. Normally, if there's a female character, they have to be sexy. Yeah, that's they have to be, true. Like, you can't just have, like, a neutral woman. You have to have a sexy woman. Like, there's loads of men who just look like average dudes. Yeah. But there's not that many, like, between the ages of 40 and 50. But there's rarely ever any women who just look like average women between the ages of 40 and 50. So I thought it was really refreshing to see to see her doing her job. And I liked that she kind of was a bit like Scotty. And every time Picard asked her to do something, she looked mortally offended. <laughs> like, he'd asked her to do something completely unreasonable <laughs> which is kind of like big scotty energy I yeah think, that's from true McDougal. actually and she's clearly also got scottish heritage yeah okay well now my my other suggestion for uh the klim would be acting captain wesley crusher 
No. No, no, it's it's real Captain Picard. <laughs> it's not like, you know, because yes. this is the one situation he's not the manager. Yeah, that's true. Fucking furious he about it. He cannot like, cope. So... He does he does not know how to take a joke, does Picard. Like yeah. I think this this episode like makes that very fucking clear. Because when he's trying to get the trying to get acting Captain Wesley on the on the view screen, he's like, Wesley, Wesley! And I'm like, look. And even before that, like when, when Tasha is like busy, he's just like he calls every other security <laughs> he's like, Security send all of your senior people here right <laughs> yeah. now. I must see them. I'm very angry. Yeah, yeah, and I think it could be actually, you know, if if I was in a position where a fourteen year old has usurped my authority and taken over my ship how could you not find that actually just quite hilarious like why would you not just roll into it and be like acting captain wesley crusher i i bequeath that i may speak with you my liege and like really like play into it they would have got he would have got so much further so much yeah, that's true. If he'd actually just sucked up to Wesley and played along, instead of acting <laughs> like a big Karen every time <laughs> Wesley came on the screen with his big shit-eating grin, like, I'm really busy playing with Jenga down in engineering. And he's just like, Wesley, stop this now! If he'd been like, Wesley, you know, the Admiral has given you a very special task and you're going to get a medal if you, you know, make the ship move from this tractor beam. Do you know what I mean? I'm getting a big insight into your... Um... Your <laughs> well, speaking of sucking up to things, um, the the final question is obviously the most important one. Uh, it's the question we've been asking since the start of this podcast. Who in this episode is most likely to have tried to suck their own cock? Well, it wasn't Data because he had Yar to do that for him. Yeah, boy! Hey! Away <laughs> the lads! Lots, 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 lads! I mean, my thought on Smash this... Smash it, Data! <laughs> my, my initial thought was... Uh, drunk Wesley, but then I thought, no, that's so inappropriate, yeah. Jake. Well, not no, only you cancelled for being a bad not feminist, nearly everyone. Like, can we give it to just like the the crew of the Starship? <laughs> <Enterprise? laughs> well, my, my I reckon it was Picard after that <laughs> scene with Bev. He was like quite flustered. And yeah, I don't know why he couldn't use his hands, but like... I think I think that's why he does the Picard maneuver where he pulls his shirt down all the time is because he's used to it riding up. Well, that's about enough uh, for this week. <laughs> that's that's a very uh, negative way of putting the end of the show, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> had enough of this. Um, <laughs> this is it... the first time that we've awarded every single person in the episode that whom would be most likely to suck their own dick award. Yeah, so I think is... this is a bit of a milestone. Yeah, me. that's true. This is like the Edinburgh Fringe that year when they gave the Spirit of the Fringe Award to everyone. <laughs> like... Oh, piss off! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Was that a COVID one? No, that was before COVID. It was like years ago. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, it's, but I don't mind because now I can claim that I'm an award-winning Edinburgh comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but, Amazing. Oh, to quote The Incredibles, when everyone's special, nobody is. Um, <laughs> well, on that bombshell. <laughs> um, <laughs> none of you are special. Uh, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Live, no, ne- next week. Next week we'll be back. Um, we are. I don't know what we're looking at next week. It'll be a surprise. That'll be fun for you. Um, uh, it might be one of our special guest episodes with yes, uh, it with will our be. secrets. Yeah, I think it yeah, will be. Oh. I, think, I think we'll do the cake. I'll, I'll release the cake. Oh, well, 
it. So you can tell the listeners about it. Excitingly, that. next week, we are going to be joined by a super, a super, a super special guest from America uh, to talk about the very first ever installment of Star Trek, uh, The Cage, the pilot of TOS. Uh, so that'll be really exciting. We've already recorded it, and it was a really fun one. So I'm uh, really looking forward to you getting to hear that. Um, but other than that, all that's left to say is uh, live long and prosper, and goodbye. Goodbye. Fully functional and anatomically correct. <laughs>